back, sports fans. It's the Game Day Podcast featuring Chase and Gambrell. We've outlawed use of the word Justin. This is the Game Day Podcast, not the Justin <laughs> Podcast. But I digress. The Dodgers are your World Series champions. First time in 32 years. Shout out to Mookie Betts. Vol for life, almost. Gambrell, let's get right into it. Last week, we teased that we had one of the biggest guests in Knoxville Sports Radio coming on, and this week we've produced. You know, I, I really I really sat down and thought about it for a minute, and we managed to do what the Tennessee Vols could never do, and that is deliver on a promise. We managed to wrangle up one of the biggest guests in Game Day podcast history, if not the biggest guest. The Dean of Knoxville Sports Radio, Mr. Tony Basilio. Next level, the Dean of Knoxville Sports. He's been doing this for 30 years, guys. We got a chance to sit down with Tony Basilio, and here's what he had to say. All right, we're here with Tony Basilio, our special guest for the week. We've been pumping him up uh, for a few days now. Uh, Tony, obviously a, a big name here in the East Tennessee radio market. He's got his finger on the pulse of everything Tennessee athletics. Tony, how's it going? Doing great tonight. Yeah, I got my finger on something, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tony B, what's it been like this football season uh, for, for you and the common fans? You know, it's just kind of never a dull moment. Um, the year started out so well. It's weird, you know, because I didn't know whether we'd have a season, probably like you guys. And and then once you get into the season, what's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? I would have thought that it was going to feel like such a um, uh, exhibition year, maybe, that people wouldn't really get all that upset based on what they saw. But I guess I was wrong. Yeah, Tony B. Uh, but credit to the SEC, I think they've done it the right way as far as uh, getting their season uh, going. They've had their struggles along the way, but I think they've done well enough that they're at least going to get to finish their season out. Yeah, I think, you know, all of college football. And and part of this is that you, you had to know coming in that you had to be prepared, like Florida, you know, to be able to juggle your schedule around. You might run out of weeks. It might end up being that certain teams – play more games than other teams, you know, kind of what's going on in the big 12 right now or big 10 rather. And the truth is who knows, you know, that virus is tricky. Hey, Tony, let's, uh, for the people that are listening out there that aren't familiar with you for one, uh, what's up with them, but, uh, you've been doing this now for 20 plus years. Uh, what got you started in radio and over those 20 plus years, how was radio? Um, how's it evolved? How have you had to change what you do to evolve with the times? Man, that's a great question. So when I was a kid, I guess the first talk radio, I'm 53 right now. So the first talk radio show I did, uh, let's see, how old was I? I'm um, doing the math here. 20, oh, let's see. It's the summer my mom passed away. I was like 25 years old, maybe. So I've been at this about 28 years, I guess. Just thinking out loud here. I don't really count the years. It's depressing. <laughs> but um, when I started out, there was a radio business, and now there's not. Now we're all in media, but really what we're in is we're in internet broadcasting, kind of like what you're doing. Um, and that 
that was a big change for me. I remember when I was a young kid, first married, doing my first show in the Knoxville market every day, you know, like back 90, summer of 94, I can remember, you know, you get off the air, no cell phones, go home to the wife, hang out, play Frisbee, watch a little TV, that kind of thing. And now with the cell phones, you just, you know, you just can't get away from it. And then if you really choose to immerse yourself, you can do the cell phone, Twitter, Periscope, uh, you know, and really go for it. And so one thing I've had to learn as I've gone along, like in the middle of a football season is just how to, how to really keep it manageable and not get burned out because it's easy to do that. Yeah, Tony, we were talking before we came on here about the fifth quarter and how how those those broadcasts can go five, six hours, um, and it's probably easy to get burned out. You need those breaks like the off week the, that that the Vols have this week. There's no question. And then when and then when they start losing, see, people have this misconception, which is when you do what I do, oh, it's just so great to lose. It's actually terrible. It's really bad for business because it makes it really hard to sell advertising, and to a certain degree, it's just bad for our local economy. And so um, I keep waiting for it to get better. I think the fifth quarter and what we do on there in Garzawa fifth quarter is as soon as the game ends, we take calls. And this year I've been very purposeful in not sitting there and giving like a 10 minute sermon or a 15 minute uh, lead up. I go, let's go right to the phones pretty much. Last week we talked about Alabama some before we went to the phones, but for the most part, in the first five minutes, I purposefully have tried to jump to the phones and really just make it a fan experience about the fans and then, you know, add some crazy Pruitt quotes if there is one or some interesting nuggets or watch some other games that are going on. Um, I really want that thing to be kind of a celebration of college football instead of a bitch fest, but Unfortunately, we've had a, a, a lot more to cry and whine about, which is really sad because Tennessee fans deserve better. Yeah, Tony, uh, you talk about getting the callers in. I feel like you carry a special relationship with a lot of your uh, callers. You got you got Roger. You've, you know, you got the clone. Just a, lo- a lot of those people that are calling in and talking a lot. You've had the feuds with Cattleman in the past. What's it like? Uh, I guess developing a relationship with those callers. I know you have uh, Roger out to some remotes and that's, that's just great. I know that we feuded with the cattlemen and the cattle call. Uh, how's that? You know, he's, he's for real. So I wish I could say like that. I mean, people say, well, is that guy an act? And no, he's not. And yes, he is banned and he's a complete moron. Roger is a caller a lot of people here on knoxville radio is just just the sweetest guy he's just such a sweetheart and we've just kind of adopted him you know we did a big birthday party for him and it's pretty neat i had a thing we put on my blog over at tonybasilio.com i do a blog every day in fact i'm working on it right now for uh tomorrow and one of the things we put up there is roger he called me up one night i thought he was kidding but he gave me a he gave me a list of uh, food uh, places where he wanted gift cards from. And the freaking thing was like 70 restaurants long. 
<laughs> I mean, it was one of everything. And so I just put it up there and I'll be darned if people all over the country didn't send in gift cards from to those places for Roger. And I went and brought him a big stack of gift cards. Like he told me the other day, he was really proud. He said, yeah, I went to Burger King. I said, what'd you get Burger King, Roger? He said, four Whoppers. Oh, I said, what? He says, yeah, four, four Whoppers. Whoppers. And we broke, and we broke yep. the Lord sent down in four Whoppers and so we we like we just the thing i love the thing i i love about my business is i just love people i like sports i love people i just enjoy people man i i like um the watch parties we do and those sorts of things you know during this COVID season of course we're not doing that which really stinks um but that can be very draining you know hanging out with people for four hours and then going to do a call-in show after that can make for a really long day um but all in all i love what i do i feel very blessed to be doing it and i hope that comes across in what i do so yeah tony i think it's 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 your love for the show and the love for for people i mean i think that's why you're known as the dean of knoxville sports um is that's what that's is that what's allowed you to be so successful over 20 30 years um doing doing uh shows i know you were part of uh Tennessee sports radio. You've been a part, you're kind of your own little, you're not, not, not little, but you do your thing and you've been able to provide what a lot of other, you know, a lot of people have come and gone during this and you've, you've stayed relevant throughout the whole thing. How has that, how have you been able to do that? I just think God's blessed me, man. I mean, my phones rang when it didn't have to ring with advertisers. And I've, I've always tried to be a good steward of what I have, you know, of what God's given me and the blessings that I have. And, uh, I just always tried to honor that and respect the opportunity. And don't get me wrong. There are days where you don't feel like doing it or days when you don't feel well or days when you get to feel sorry for yourself or days when you lose an account or an advertiser or two or days where you have trouble paying the bills or whatever it is. But um, yeah, for the most part, it's just been a, it's just been a really, great thing and i'm surprised i'm still in this market but i think one of the reasons i am well i raised my kids here and i love it here but then the opportunity and you mentioned it the opportunity just to kind of do my own thing has sort of kept me here so and and really the reason i'm able to do my own thing is that i'm supported by my listeners enough to do that and see, that's another huge blessing. You know, that's just a part of, because in my field, people chase bigger things. They chase bigger markets. They chase bigger paychecks. They chase more opportunities. And when I was a young kid, I had a guy that I work with in radio, and he was a really talented guy. And I said to him, I was probably 24, 23, 24 at the time. And I said to him, he's this big, booming voice. And I said, you are so talented. Why are you still in a little place like Knoxville? And he said, well, he said, a wise man once said, you can only drive one car at a time and you can only live in one house. He said, and I've had a lot of other opportunities to go to bigger markets, but you can't beat happy. And I just kind of, you know, as a kid, I just kind of thought, huh, that's kind of silly. And then I got a few years older and my perspective changed. And, and I think that's, I think him telling me that was a kind of a part of that 
because I can I can distinctly remember where I was when he said that. Tony, last question about the radio community before we jump yeah. into Tennessee. Is it all one big family? Do people, um, does your station kind of help other stations out? Is everybody doing their own thing? Is it a rivalry or is, does that kind of evolve as, 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 as life goes? You know, that's a really great question. So when I was a kid, I used to burn them all down. Everybody was my enemy. And now behind the scenes, um, there are several people that, uh, that, that do what I do that I really appreciate. Like Tyler Ivins over at sports animal. That's a, that's a guy I started in the business and I give him credit. Like he, he, um, he tells people that like some people I've started in the business in the past have besmirched me and said bad things about me once they got somewhere else, but he's not that way. So I, I respect him. Um, Josh and Will over at Sports Animal are both great people. Will West is a guy I, I think the world of. I just think he's a great guy. I don't know Josh as well, but um, I think he's a really solid, very good broadcaster. Um, some of those people, like at the Sports Animal, don't like me, but I don't. They really don't know me, and they don't understand me. And so, and I have to kind of have this thing where I'm I'm not here to be liked. I'm just here to serve my listeners. So that's another aspect of what I do. It's just kind of what I believe. But it, it saddens me when I hear of somebody in my field here locally getting laid off or when I hear of um, people that are working all these hours for relatively little pay because these radio companies will take advantage of people. Um, and so like Russell Smith's a good friend of mine. He's a really good guy, guy that Another guy that I kind of help raise up in the industry, uh, his partner, Bear, a.k.a. Robbie, is a really good dude. And there's some pretty good guys over there as well. So, yeah. And, and, and like on the air, I've teased those guys about being, you know, young kid radio or whatever. Some of that shtick, some of it's not. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, and, and that's just kind of how our field is. And different people are different within it. Like some people are very rivalry oriented and very serious about it. And I just happen not to be because I know that what goes up comes down. I know that um, eventually we're all going to need each other. But it doesn't mean I won't needle people while I'm on the air because I will needle people. I understand that. Do you think like <clears throat> going through that now radio has kind of evolved in this it's not so much a robbery anymore, but it's just different communities uh, and all the ways you can digest everything out there. Do you think that's changed uh, recently compared to in the past? No doubt. I mean, you know, when I first started thinking about how, probably how many more people I used to reach on the radio was just crazy back then and versus now because now everything is so niched you know what it's like that in in mask in in um if you think about television right now television's reinventing itself before our very eyes or you look at just the the latest ratings with sports on television they're just not what they once were and there's leakage all over the place and so and and our fields like that you know you have 
different people over here that do this. You have this person has a site. You have this. You know, I kind of do both. I've kind of got a little internet thing that I do where thousands of people read that um, every day. My website over at TonyBasilio.com, which is which is great, but it's it's a real pain in my ass. I'm sitting here playing with it tonight, and you know, just this stuff. I mean, seriously, it never ends. Um, and sometimes I wonder why I'm doing that, but like today, tomorrow we're putting up like a 3000 word blog and I've been working on that for a couple of hours now. Um, it's in fact, I apologize to you guys. I kept you guys waiting about 10 minutes because I lost track of time and I thought you guys were going to call me. So I apologize for that. So we've got that. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think the world right now is it's too fragmented for us to have heat with each other. Cause at the end of the day, the way I look at it and I'm an owner. Okay. But the way I look at it with the people in town that, that work for people in radio, we're all in this thing together. We're all in it together. And many of us have families and, you know, when you go through what we've gone through with COVID and the economy and that whole period back in the spring and everybody thinking they're going to lose their jobs Nobody wants to see anybody lose their jobs, especially me. Well, Tony, hey man, we just again we appreciate you coming on. Let's talk UT football for for just yeah. a second. Just what's your overall view of the season? I know last week we all knew we, we were going to beat. A lot of people are starting to question Pruitt whether or not he's the guy. And it's it's we're halfway through year three. Um, he's made a change at D line. Uh, just what are your overall thoughts of Coach Pruitt and? kind of how he's come into being a head coach. I'm pausing. Um, I want to see him make it. I don't know that he will. I look at this. I think, he's a, I think he's a breath of fresh air. Go ahead. Yeah, I think he is too. And I think that's great, you know, but I think he's a breath of fresh air until he keeps putting number two out there. And, man, he has really made this a lot harder than it has to be. He's in year three, and he's still playing that guy at quarterback, which is kind of incredible. And then I hear behind the scenes that they're not wild about Harrison Bailey. But they're not, they're not wild about any of their quarterbacks. And that's and a problem. That could be, yeah, I mean, in 2020, in a year where everything is predicated on offense – we're just choosing not to participate. It's, ra- it's rather strange, really. Do you do you think Pruitt is strong arm and Cheney and not letting him? Because you know he threw it he threw it all around the field with Tyler Bray. Can JG just not do it? Is Pruitt not letting him call plays that he wants to play? Is it a conglomerate of of, of everything? Pruitt is the type that has to meddle in everything. He learned from Saban. That's Nick Saban. That's what um, Derek Dooley did here. You know, there's only one Nick Saban. I don't know if you guys were aware of that. There's only one (laughs) Nick Saban. And and, um, I just look at it and I say to myself, I, I just say to myself, how can you be in this spot in year three? You've got fifth year transfer portal out there how did they not go get one or two quarterbacks if they knew they didn't like anybody 
And by the way, they knew that they weren't wild about Harrison Bailey last last January. They know that. Now, they might put him out there and he'll be able to play and he'll fool them. Because, again, Jim Chaney's the same guy that chose um, – uh, he let the Fields kid go to Ohio State and they chose from. So who does sure. that? None of this is exact, right? None of this is an exact science. And X, my recruiting guy, was was doing a, a, a quick look at some of the misses Tennessee's had at quarterback. Tennessee had that Penix kid from Indiana. There was a story in The Athletic Andy Staples wrote where Penix's family was talking about how this very staff took him right to the end during Pruitt's first recruiting cycle. They were going to visit him that weekend. And they said, no, we don't need you because they chose drum roll, please. JT Shroud. Interesting. And that Penix kid could have been Tennessee's get out of free jail card. But Andy Staples said, this is the same school that gifted Taj Boyd to Clemson that let them go on their super run and gifted Bryce Petty to Baylor that allowed them to have a mini explosion down there. We're just springboarding other, other college football teams into greatness. It's, it's absurd, right? I mean, you think that Penix kid, when you watch Indiana last week, you think he's better than club Gitmo? No doubt. No that's doubt. I'm not a Yeah. That's how you stay where we are. That's, when you do stuff like that consistently over a 10-year period, you're going to be right where Tennessee is. Well, Tony B., are you hearing anything about our D-line coach? I know uh, I read some rumors today that uh, Coach Chavis might be in- interested in it and that we may go after a guy in, in with the Detroit Lions. Are you? I know they're going to wait till after the season's over. What are you hearing on, on, on that end about who might be yeah, the, I would, the replacement? I'd keep your eye on the guy with the Lions. They were together at Alabama. Pruitt loves the Alabama thing. And again, I want to see the guy make it. Problem he's going to have in terms of attracting friends. And I think there's going to be some more turnover on the staff. The problem he's going to have in terms of attracting frontline staff talent is who's going to jump into a ship that looks like it's taking on water. That's why these last five games are crucial now. I think they can go three and two in the last five. I think they should go three and two in the last five. What the three are, I have no idea. But I know one thing, they better win the next time they take the field at Arkansas. And I'm not really feeling great about that game because defensively they do things that will really confuse our fifth-year sophomore quarterback. You know, they just do. That's a bad matchup for him. And surely he's not going to consider coming back for a sixth year. Yes. Yes, he will. Will they allow it? I think in his mind he is coming back, actually. You heard him say after the Georgia game, this is one of my last chances to beat Georgia. (laughs) We've laughed about that for weeks now. I mean, and it's it would be funny. Here's the thing about that, right? It would be funny if it wasn't true. Unfortunately for us, it's true. And this head coach has shown no want to move off of him. Does this head coach look to you like he wants to move off this guy? He's had plenty of opportunity to and hasn't. Yes. It's it's like two people that are in like a bad 
love relationship and they're dragging the rest of us in there with them. I just want to get out of their DMs and quit watching them. <laughs> you just want to unsubscribe. Yes. I want to unsubscribe, get out of their text messages, get out of their DMs. They can quit fighting, go over there and have their relationship that's uh, that's destructive that they're toxic. having with each other. They're toxic. It is. I mean, I've been around this stuff a long time, seen a lot of stuff. College sports, pro sports. I've never seen anything like this. Jeremy Pruitt, Club Gitmo dynamic. Because I'll tell you this, and one of you asked me about Cheney. So Cheney went to the head coach um, Monday of Alabama week, and he said, hey, I want you to know that I have given smaller, condensed, warped-down playbooks to both Maurer and to Bailey. And if you want to use them this weekend, it's available to you. And Pruitt just kind of, yeah, okay, whatever. And, and it was Cheney's understanding that they were going to do a little bit of that versus Alabama. And so I had one of the guys that was very upset about this that knows about that shoot me a text in real time after the game the other night on the, on Garzala fifth quarter. And I was just kind of reading that out loud because the guy that sent it to me is inside the deal. And he was just, you know, they, they're just perplexed by this head coaches. It's so weird that they stick Brian Maurer in that game. Alabama is destroying Tennessee they have that young kid in the game and he's running their offense. Like he's trying to move the ball up and down the field. Like he's trying to learn. We are getting drilled in the game and we have Maurer in there handing the ball off, not learning the <laughs> offense. I'm the quickest three and out series I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I mean, what is the point in that? What is the point in doing that? It's almost like nobody else can be quarterback. And then X has a uh, thing tomorrow that we're running on, the, on my blog and I'm looking at it right now. I'm editing it, putting it together. And he talks about the last couple of recruiting classes, the absolute dearth of guys out of those last couple of classes that are seeing the field right now. And it's kind of alarming. It is really alarming. Like, let me read this to you. This is stuff I hadn't even really thought about, but so the first, the first time, the first year that um, when Pruitt got the job, let's see what he says here. Um, okay. Here's, here's some interesting names. Here's some interesting names. He, he was talking about um, 28 signees that are 2018 signees, okay? Gotcha. Um, J.J. Peterson, not on the team. Tanner Ananuti, not on the team. Emmett Gooden, not on the team. Brandon Davis, not on the team. Brent Lawless, not on the team. And then here are guys that are still there, but they're not get, they're just not, you don't know who they are. Jordan Allen, JT Shrout, Cedric Tillman, 
Kingston Harris, John Mency, Ollie Lane. Here are guys on the team who play some, he wrote. And he says, you can make your own decisions as to whether or not these guys have lived up to expectations or not. Greg Emerson, Jacob Warren, Jameer Johnson, Jeremy Banks, Karat Garland. And then he talks about the two graduate transfers they brought in and how, how they didn't play either one of those guys, which kept them out of the grad transfer market because neither guy went to school. Both guys were pretty upset at the way they were treated. So neither one of those guys even attended a class, which meant that Tennessee wasn't able to sign grad transfers the year after the season after that. He talks about the ones that got away. This is interesting. So Brandon Ayuk who Terry Fair recruited, was a uh, grad transfer. He went to Colorado State. Um, signed with Ari- he signed with Arizona State, rather. First-round pick, 49ers. Like, you can't make that up. Uh, Rashad, Rashad Bateman, lightly recruited Georgia high school prospect. Uh, he went to Minnesota, and he's the guy that is their top receiver who exploded. He'll be... He'll be a first-day draft choice next year. Uh, Lynn J. Dixon, a running back, who's a Clemson. Defensive back J.C. Horn, who's over at South Carolina. He'll be a pro. And uh, also Trey Dean, who's a defensive back at Florida. They were one-time commitments. And all, all were encouraged to kind of look elsewhere. So not only are we not developing the recruits we got, we're missing out on first round draft picks as well. I know it's, and that's how you get in the spot. That's how you get in the spot. He goes through, this guy is just this, this, this guy I've got is just a sicko. And he just goes through the whole point. And he's, and he makes the case, look, this is an exact science. He said, and maybe it wasn't fair of me, but I really thought, that Pruitt coming out of that Alabama deal would have a keener eye for this than he does. And thus far, he just hasn't. He just hasn't had a very keen eye. Tony, are his assistants missing? Will Friend, Chris Winkie, are they, are they not developing players like they should? Are they, are they two guys that uh, might wind up in some of that coaching turnover in the offseason? I don't know. There are going to be some more turnover, though. There always is. And, and whenever, whenever you get in a spot like they're in right now where there's a little bit of turmoil, that's why this, that's why this Arkansas game is really huge and got to get that record to close as close to five and five as you can. I mean, I don't think we're asking for much. Do you go three and two down the stretch? Surely you can get three wins off that schedule somehow. I don't think paying the coach $4 million and asking him to just go 500 is a big reach at all. No, not in year three. It's not. No. Hey, Tony, on a positive note, before we get you out of here, what have you been impressed with, with the Tennessee Vols this season? I know there's not been a lot of bright spots. Is there one that kind of stands out to you? I love that middle linebacker. It's a great player. And I was really impressed the first couple of weeks of the season, how well coached they look. It made me really hopeful. You know, those two, those two games get kind of lost in the translation. I know a lot of what was going on behind the scenes 
with the virus, with the lack of prep work leading up to that. What's weird is the season has, the discipline of the team has looked a, a little more off the more they've practiced. But yeah, I was really impressed with the first couple games. And oh, and Garantano looks faster. Get that in there. <laughs> well, no, he does. He looks faster. Like he's the one Italian guy that I've seen in my life that's gotten faster. <laughs> that's interesting, Tony B. That's interesting. Yes. Well, uh, go ahead and uh, and give us some plugs. Where can uh, people find your stuff uh, if they're looking for you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm over at TonyBasilio.com. And as I said, we're on every day. Um, and I the show's logged up there. I'm on from 11 to 1 Eastern time. And then we do a blog every day. And then um, we're over at, as um, soon as the, the games end, we're live on the air and that's football and basketball. And I'm kind of hopeful we're going to have a basketball season this year though. Boy, that thing's really up in the air right now, but I'm, I'm really hoping that works out. Deacon Barnes will have them ready. No question. All right, Tony B. Thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. We kept you longer than we needed to, but uh, thanks for tuning in. And I hope I told Gamer, I was going to tell you this, that Mrs. B still loves the baked ziti. That's next level. Wow. 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 Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See you, Tony B. Thank you. Shelter insurance is your go-to source for whatever insurance you might need. Whether it be auto, business, life, renters, or boat, they've got you covered. Give the guys at Shelter Insurance a call. Ask for Cameron Wilkie or Mark Clem. Give them a call today at 865-354-3504 and tell them the guys at the Game Day Podcast sent you. All right, we are back to discuss a little college football of the week. Hopefully you enjoyed our sit-down with Tony Basilio. I know that me and Chase both enjoyed it. Uh, Let's get into the college picks this week. Uh, I know everyone's waiting on bated breath for my lock of the week, but I'm going to make you wait a little bit. Uh, let's go ahead and get into uh, the first game of the day. It's on. It's at noon on the SEC Network. Georgia travels to Kentucky. Georgia is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Chase, who are you taking? I'm taking the Georgia Bulldogs. I think they're going to railroad Kentucky by at least 17 points. So I think it's safe to take Georgia minus the points in this matchup. You know, normally I would I would take Kentucky here, a 14-and-a-half point underdog at home. I just don't know if they can score enough, and Georgia's offenses look pretty good this season, and their defense is, is no doubt. Uh, so I'm going to go with Georgia in this one. Uh, a pretty uh, easy pick for me, I think, so. There's be prepared, no, Wildcats. Be prepared, Wildcats fan, for a big win. There's uh, no, there's no home field advantage when you are playing at Kroger Field <laughs> or Neyland Stadium. Apparently, all right. Moving on. Um, Boston College travels to Clemson. Uh, Clemson was my my victim last week of my lock of the week. Clemson is a thirty-one point favorite at home against Boston College. Chase, will it happen again? Clemson's going to cover. They're going to bounce back. You made people lots of money last Saturday, Gambrell. 
I'm not putting this as my lock, but Clemson will cover. And the over might even hit, but I'm not going to say that. But for now, Clemson's going to cover. I am picking Clemson. I don't think they'll have another letdown. Uh, that that was just too big of a number. I don't care who it is. Uh, 46 points. You're basically going in with a, a 46 nothing lead. Uh, and even a team as terrible as Syracuse, I still thought that uh, they had a chance to, to do it. So I think Clemson is the one who, uh, who comes away here with the victory and covers. Uh, let's move into a little Big Ten action. A big rivalry game. Uh, though by the spread, it doesn't seem like it'll be that much of a, a game. Michigan State travels to Michigan. This is on noon uh, on Fox. Uh, Michigan is a 24 and a half point favorite. Looked really good against Minnesota last week. And that is why I'm picking Michigan State because I don't trust Michigan one bit. I don't trust Jim Harbaugh with his pleated khaki pants. Give me the Spartans and the points. That's a lot of points to leave on the table. Absolutely. Though we do have to say this, Michigan State did just come off a loss to perhaps the greatest Tennessee coach in history, Greg Schiano. Take it back. Shiano is a fraud, just like Mike Leach. You know it, and I know it. Well, one team's undefeated right now between Rutgers and Tennessee, and I can tell you it's not the team in Knoxville. Carry on with this segment. All right. Uh, our other noon game, uh, you can go ahead and, and fire back at me and put the hex on me. Uh, the Memphis Tigers travel to Nippert Stadium to take on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Bearcats had a big win last week against SMU despite their quarterback vomiting on himself during the game. Uh, Cincinnati is a seven-point favorite at home. This is a noon game on ESPN. Give me the Memphis Tigers because if it's not broken, I'm not going to try to fix it. Give me the Bearcats to cover at home. I just love the way they're playing. I love their roster, their quarterback, their coach. I just love the Bearcats to cover in this one. Well, maybe uh, they can hire him just like the last time Tennessee hired Cincinnati's coach. Oh, that didn't work out too well. Now he gets coffee for Nick Saban. This this one actually is is a good one, though, so um, we will see. I'm hopeful for Cincinnati, but the one thing I'm very wary of is the fact that you saw a bunch of articles pop up that are saying, hey, Cincinnati might be in the playoff conversation, so you usually know how that goes. Oh, when that happens. Uh, they're probably doomed on Saturday. It's over. Speaking of doomed, uh, let's move on to the 330 CBS matchup between two massive, massive teams. LSU, who finally decided they wanted to play football this year, going to Auburn, a team that I think fields a football team, but I'm not sure. Uh, Auburn is a two and a half point favorite at home. I, I, I mean, what do you even do with this? Auburn's burnt me too many times this season picking them. That's why I'm going to take Ed Orgeron and the LSU Tigers, not only to cover, but to win outright. Covering and the money line, double down, go Tigers. Um, this is a stay away for me. But I, I mean, if I had to pick one, I guess. I guess I'm going Auburn at home as a, a two-and-a-half-point underdog. I, there's no real good reason there. Um, let's move on to the favorite team of one of our biggest listeners. Uh, Notre Dame travels to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a 20-point underdog. 
Uh, Notre Dame was big last week. They won, I think, 45-3 to over Pitt. Uh, Pitt looked awful. Uh, I predicted Pitt to get the, the upset there, so that was a, a little my bad on my part. Um, this week, I do think Notre Dame is going to come out, and they they looked much better on offense. Georgia, Ch- Georgia Tech earlier this season has been kind of a mirage. Uh, give me Notre Dame to, to cover here. Couldn't agree more, Gambrell, in honor of Brian Matthews. Hail Mary, we're going to go with the Notre Dame Irish. Moving into uh, the 4 o'clock slot on SEC Network, the Fighting Lane Kiffins yes. traveled to Vanderbilt. Yes. Um, this is a, a four o'clock start. Ole Miss is a 16 and a half point favorite at Vanderbilt. You think after the game, we could just get Kiffin to just take that two and a half hour shot on I 40, just come back to Knoxville, come back, Lane, come back. The Rebels are going to roll into whatever that high school stadium the Commodores play in. They're going to cover, they're going to win with ease. We're in we're in territory now, Chase. What's that? I'm gonna lock something up in this game. Oh no. But it's not what you think. I am locking up the over under of sixty four. Go over in this one, and here's why. Ole Miss this year, every time they have played a team, that team has scored a season high in points. Vandy is going to put some points on the board here because Ole Miss does not care about playing defense. They're going to combine. They're going to go over the 64. Mississippi State is still going to win. Um, and it could be like a, a 42 to, I don't know, 42 to 28 top game. Um, so give me the over in this one because I, I just don't think Ole Miss can put anybody away uh, and they give up so many points that I think it'll be interesting. We know from his time in Knoxville that Lane Kiffin does put emphasis on scoring. That is correct. Joey Freshwater. Yes. Um, moving on to the later games, Mississippi State travels to Alabama. Alabama is a 31-point favorite at home. You probably know how I feel, but tell us how you feel, Chase. I gotta, I'm going to go with Jimbo Fisher in this one. I don't, I'm not real sure about it, but um, 31 points is a lot. You can't leave those points on the table, even going, even going into Tuscaloosa. Even if it's, you know, if it's 42 to, if it's 42 to 14, you don't cover. Now, what, so you, you said Jimbo Fisher, you mean Mike Leach? Oh, shoot, I was thinking A&M, I was thinking A&M. No, no, Mississippi State. Oh, God, this changes the whole thing. This Alabama cover, no doubt. No, no, this is what Mike Leach does to you. Give me Mississippi State to cover. There you go. I'm going to I'm gonna set some more history on this podcast, Chase. Oh, God, I can't wait. Double lock it in. <laughs> Alabama. Tap day. All day. Mississippi State, I think, finally scored an offensive touchdown last week. Congratulations to them. Just a, a real accomplishment. Alabama can put up however many points they want to. I think Nick Saban makes an example out of Mike Leach. All we've heard about is, oh, Mike Leach is going to come in and revolutionize the SEC. You know what he revolutionized? Throwing a forward pass. Congratulations. You really did so much. Bama by whatever, 50, 60, 70, I don't care. So this is, the, this is your Midland, Midland Mortgage Lock of the Week. 
Yeah, yeah, we're in, we're getting into parlay territory. Oh god, I love it. All right, moving on to another SEC matchup. Arkansas travels to Texas A&M. A&M is a 12 and a half point favorite at home. Uh, that number seems very, very fishy to me. This sounds like a game you want to stay away from, Gambrell. Sam Pittman's got the Razorbacks, uh, you know, Woo Pig Suey, they're rocking and rolling. But Jimbo Fisher at the same time, is he's, you know, his, his butt's kind of on the line, um, not producing like he should in the past few years. But um, give me the Aggies to cover. Let's play a fun little game, Chase. It's called, Do You Know What This Team Is Ranked? Are you ready? Interesting. Texas A&M. No idea. Number eight. They are the number eight team in the country. I I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Do we really think Jimbo Fisher is leading the number eight team in the country right now? No. Heavens no. No. I, I have to imagine these these rankings will change a little bit when we get other teams like the Pac-12 involved, but I, I feel like we we start these SEC teams a little high, and then, you know, if, if something goes wrong, like Florida right now is 2-1 and one in number 10. You know, if they lose another game, their season's going to feel like a failure, but is it? You know, I don't know. Tennessee says, go ahead. I mean, as, as is common. Um... Let's go ahead and jump into the Florida game. Florida at home against Missouri, the upstart Tigers. Uh, Florida is a 13-point favorite. Another uh, a sneaky line. Uh, if you are excited about this game, you can catch it on the SEC Network alternate channel. Ooh, SEC the alternate. Give me the Gators to cover in the swamp with ease. You know what? Missouri's garbage. It, it's, you know, they are. And, and there's absolutely no reason why Florida shouldn't cover this point spread. So give me Missouri on this one. Oh, okay. Fade Chase. That's worked out well this year. <laughs> Our last game and, and probably the marquee matchup of the weekend, uh, Ohio State travels to Penn State at 730 on e- or ABC. Uh, Ohio State is a 12-point favorite on the road. Penn State looked rough last week against Indiana. Um um, I, I just think Ohio State has too many big weapons, and Penn State looked rough last week. I agree again, bro. I think as much as I hate to say it, uh, Ohio State's going to cover. Like you said, they just came out flat. I was really expecting a lot from uh, from Penn State last week, and they just didn't show it. You hate to see it with a guy like James Franklin. You hate to see it. Absolutely. But you know what you don't hate to see? That's the great help of the people at Premier Physical Therapy. They can help you with all of your physical therapy needs. Tell us about them, Chase. Let me tell you about our good friends at Premier Physical Therapy, the premier physical therapist in your county. With three locations in Roan, Morgan, and Loudoun, Premier Physical Therapy clinics are owned, staffed, and managed by clinicians who were raised in those communities. They have a deep love for the area and strive to provide the absolute highest level of care and service to you the client. Each treatment plan is designed specifically to help you achieve your goals, whether that's to return to sports or regain strength and function to maintain independence in your daily activities. If you've been injured or sidelined, give Premier Physical Therapy a call today. All right, we're back with our final segment here on the Game Day podcast. We're going to break down this week's high school slate, uh, which is a little lean after we have some uh, some news 
out of a few of these games, but uh, definitely some good ones going on. Let's start with Rivalry Thursday. Uh, a really good game, I think. Two, uh, two exciting teams. Alcoa travels to Dobbins-Bennett uh, in a game that should showcase a lot of the talent that Alcoa brings to the table. That's true, Gambrell. Two talented teams. Uh, here in here in the Rome County, we've received about three to four inches of rain. I'm hearing on Friday night there might be a tornado warning. Yeah, I've I've got to imagine Alcoa wins this one, but you know, don't sleep on Dobbins Bennett. They've been pretty darn good this year. Um, they they beat Oak Ridge nineteen to three, put up some some big wins, scored fifty six on Farragut. Uh, so you never know with a team like Dobbins Bennett, but I'm, I'm still going to go with Alcoa here. Uh, they're just too tough. We saw that when they played Kingston the other night, um, I, I guess a few weeks ago, uh, they're just, they're super talented. So give me Alcoa on the road. Uh, moving on to our Anderson County teams. Uh, first one is Anderson County. They are traveling to Sequoia. Uh, Anderson County big in this one. I I probably don't think it's close at any point. Yeah, give me AC. I don't even know what Sequoia is, and even if I did, I'm going AC. Yeah, that's that's probably a, a slam dunk as far as uh, things are concerned. Uh, Sequoia on the year uh, is zero and nine. They've scored twenty seven points this season. Uh, I would I would imagine that Anderson County can name the score Friday night. All right, here it is. The the game where we are going to put a stink on somebody. It's somebody we've actually put a stink on earlier in the year. Oh, no, a double stinker. The Clinton Dragons travel to Carnes to take on the Beavers. Carnes is a noted rival of this show's, not for any reason of their own, um, but we have uh, threatened them a few times this season. Uh Give me the Beavers here. Yeah. Give me Carnes to get a, a win over Clinton. Oh, yeah. I got to go with Carnes here. Um, based off my never pick Clinton rule. Um, but, yeah, I hope surely we don't go double stinker on the Carnes Beavers. Well, so far, the uh, the never pick Clinton strategy has worked out well for you. Hey, it's one thing I have gotten right in life. All right. Uh, Oak Ridge is off this week. Uh, they get a COVID win over Fulton. Uh, so let's move into Morgan County. Uh, Sunbright makes the wonderful trip to Unica this week. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm going to take Unica for the sole purpose of traveling to Unica. Uh, probably is going to uh, be a, a rough trip for Sunbright. So give me Unica in this one. Yeah, give me Unica. A little, a little. Let's just go down a rabbit hole for just a second. Big drug bust in Sunbright this week, Gambrell. $60,000 cash, uh, pharmaceuticals, weapons. Not a lot of, not a lot of good vibes coming from Sunbright this week. So give me Unica. Yeah, I heard somebody found a skull out there, too. Man, Morgan County is wild and out right now. <laughs> um, also, uh, Coalfield is off this week. Um, we've got Oakdale traveling to Greenback. Uh, Greenback still in the running for a third or a fourth slot uh, in the uh, region they're in. 
Uh, give me Greenback at home. Oakdale's had a, a really good season, but I do feel like Greenback is starting to play a lot better. I agree. It would be so magical for Oakdale to travel to Greenback and pick up the W. Um, but I, however, do not believe in magic. So give me the Greenback Cherokees. All right. Um, we, also, <laughs> we also have one other Morgan County game. Meigs County travels to Wartburg in a region matchup to finish off the year. Uh, this game is just about pride at this point. Meigs County's locked in the number one seed. Wartburg uh, will not be going to the playoffs. Uh, they finished fifth in the region. Uh, give me Meigs County. I can't imagine that uh, Meigs County will be playing their starters very much. Yeah, I'm going to go with Meigs County and just keep other comments to myself. Um it's just one of those games that you have to go down and play, take care of business, don't get people hurt, get your young guys in there, and uh, get ready for the playoffs. All right. Um, let's go over to Roan County. Uh, Harriman is not playing this week. Uh, they are – their season is done. Uh, Rockwood will not be playing Cumberland Gap. That game has been canceled uh, due to COVID concerns. I was really looking forward to that Gap. road trip, Gambrell. Absolutely. The the scenic side of Tennessee. There's nothing more beautiful than a two-hour trip to Cumberland Gap. All right, let's another rabbit hole. Let's four-man, eight-team, eight-man tag match breaks out. My car versus your car. Who wins? Hmm. It really just depends on on who is in my vehicle at that point because it's, it's always me and Coach K. So you got you, um, Coach K. Do I get Tracy Treadway in this scenario? Oh, yeah, definitely you have Tracy. Those are three. Oh, I, I win. I win. So Tracy's the Tracy's the factor? Yeah, 100%. So Tracy Treadway comes into the ring. I tag in Ed Grief. Is he going to pin Ed Grief? Coach K will, will buy off your team. He'll, he'll pay them to take the loss. That's true. That's true. Okay, that's settled. Moving on. Every, everybody has a price. No one would pin Ed. Carry on. That's correct. Um, all right. So uh, let's move on to our actual games for the county. A really big one in Midway Friday night. Oliver Springs travels to take on the Green Wave. Uh, this is a big matchup as far as playoff implications are concerned. If Oliver Springs wins, they finish second and host. If Midway wins, they finish second and host. Um I was talking to a uh, a Rome County football insider today. Ooh. I cannot cannot divulge their information, uh, but they talked about how Midway had a tough time with the more physical teams. That's why Greenback did so well against them last week. Oliver Springs is definitely that. They are a physical, tough team. Give me the Bobcats on the road against Midway. Are you from Oliver Springs? Uh, I, there are rumors that I am. All right. I picked Oliver Springs in the newspaper because I knew my fiance is going to look at the newspaper. However, I don't. Sadly, I don't think she's a subscriber yet to the podcast. So I'm going to double down on Ron Treadway and the Midway Green Waves to win at home, south of the river, and the place erupts. So a big win for Midway, then. Yeah. So those are hard to come by. I know personally. Well, let's move up the river a little bit. Into another huge matchup with definite playoff implications. Gallenberg Pittman travels to Kingston on Friday night. 
and a home game is on the line for Kingston, which is something that they haven't had in a little while. 20 years. And that's why they're going to be the stink game, because I'm picking the Yellow Jackets to come out and play their butts off and pick up a victory and secure a home playoff game for the first time in two decades. Hey, at this point, you know, you, you've got to uh, really give a hand to the job that they're doing over there at Kingston. You know, I know Coach, coach Panky is, is widely regarded as a, a great head coach. I know that he's widely respected. I mean, how can you pick against Kingston at this point? Can't do it. But I'm going oh, to. Oh. Gatlinburg Pittman gets the win, keeps Kingston on the road in the first round of the playoffs, the Johnson brothers call me to complain on the phone to cry. It doesn't matter. Give me Gatlinburg Pittman. And you know what? Give them to me big. Oh! That's, <laughs> that's next level in honor of Basilio. In, in honor of our guest today. All right. Uh, so we've we've locked up our games of the week. We've talked about college, talked about high school. Uh, big thanks to our guest today, Tony Basilio. Again, uh, um, just a massive thing for us. You know, we're just, in the words of Dabo Sweeney, we're just the little old gam day podcast over here. That's true. Uh, so, so having somebody uh, take the time out, that, that really means a lot to us, uh, just like it means a lot to us to have you out there listening to our show. That's true. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to tonight's episode. Uh, we're just thrilled to have Tony Basilio on. Go follow him on Twitter. Uh, tune in on his website. Download the app. Uh, download the Game Day podcast. Subscribe. Let's make this thing big. I'll be releasing my Midland Mortgage Moneymaker Guarantee Saturday morning. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Ken and Bob, you're going down Friday night. <laughs> <laughs>